I'm Stephen Gregory Smith. And I'm Matt Connor. Places, everyone. It's time for... The, the Connor, Connor and Smith Show! Thank you, Places. Okay, tonight we are talking to Wild Idol. Who is Wild Idol? Wild Idol, I think, is Billy Idol's uh, evil twin. Not close. So it is a band consisting of Nora Palka and Nathan Elman Bell. And we're going to talk to them both tonight and take a little listen to their debut single, I Got a Thing for You. Amazing song. We got a thing for that song. So uh, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back with Wild Idol. We'll be right back. Hello? Hey. Can can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes. I can hear you beautifully. Yes, I can hear you. We're coming through the good mic now. Are we, are we soft? We can turn are up, we soft? We can turn up our mic level. Turn, turn, yeah, turn it up just a little bit. How's that? Is it too loud now? That's better. Yeah. Yeah. Is that too okay. loud? Okay. Good. Okay. Yeah, that's that's probably good. We're here with Nora Palka and Nathan Elman Bell. Hey. Hello. Hi, guys. Hey, it's Steven and Matthew. Oh, hi. It's Nora and Nathan. <laughs> Bonjour. Comment ça va? Uh, <laughs> Good. Oui, oui. Yeah. I'm trying to make this podcast go clearly international. Yeah, you're, you're so cultured. Well, I was thinking, you know, since we were talking about so many different kinds of food earlier at our, um, what was that called? The sound check or the, the false recording. Yeah, the false sound part. check, false mm-hmm. recording, mm-hmm. which I may keep in the episode because it's totally on brand. <laughs> Truly, I know. It really is. Well, the most interesting podcasts, I think, are the ones that you kind of just hear in real life. And when the cat meows in the back, you say, oh, that was my cat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which hopefully he'll keep his mouth shut. Ah, we we don't care. I mean, we have the animal rule. We have two active pugs sitting on the couch with us. So, you know, snarfles may happen. We were just talking to an amazing Broadway performer who was in uh, Idaho last night. Uh, and he, the cat kept meowing in the back. And you could kind of tell that maybe this uh, guest maybe didn't want to like... Um, Mention it. Mention it like that's my cat. So of course I was like, so can we talk about the ensemble member in the back, the kitty cat? <laughs> can we talk about the elephant cat in the room? <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. Well, so Nora, we go way back. My God, um, yeah. I I think the first time I met you, I and I hate that I'm saying this out loud, mostly for your sake, but was in a trailer at a a trailer party at Catholic University. Yep. Yep, that's that seems right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then we we did our first show together was Whorehouse, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, which we did with the famous Matt Connor. Yes, we did. Um, yeah, Whorehouse back in 2012. Yes. Oh my God. Uh-huh. I know. I was I know. so good in that. <laughs> so was I. That was the height of my career in DC until on air. <laughs> that's that's so nuts to me. You know what I mean? That I mean, 
it's I mean, it's just how it goes. It's uh, it's the way that was uh, it's it's the way the cookie crumbles. Sometimes, sometimes you just gotta um, uh, take it as a sign and and get out of the city or get out know, and go to another city. One day, you and I are both naked except for cowboy hats over our private parts, and then the next time we're working together, basically, I'm writing a show for you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and we both were such to... worthwhile, important experiences in my life. Watching you like do a strip tease for for me and and Nadia and and Bree personally every night at at that uh, it was like a four minute long strip tease. The bus to Amarilla. Exactly, bus to Amarilla, busted armadilla. Yep. Oh my gosh, the way because we all had to like get out of our clothes. So for the listeners, to. to just so we're on the up and up here. Mm-hmm. This was job-related nudity. Mm-hmm. Um, we had to come off after the prom sequence and go backstage into tiny areas and derobe, uh, except for, you know, key hats and things. Um, and then after this, and we'd have to sit and be quiet <laughs> mm-hmm. um, backstage for four minutes during this song, the bus to Amarillo. And it's kind of a story song. So it just evolved. There became like a pantomime dance that happened telling the story that I would do. Um, And oh, Joe. And then we had to run out from those, those backstage, like in the raid and be, be caught in various stages of of running away and freeze and and nudity yeah it's a, you never knew how you were going to freeze where the nips going to be showing to the audience that night was the cowboy hat still going to be covering the night that my parents came the cowboy hat covered most nights i liked to throw the tits to the wind you know i'll never forget i our spot up saying to me one night after the show at ali's bar um steven you might want to be careful that when you're bending down to pull your pants down because you're wearing a jock strap, I can see Uranus. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, from the booth? <laughs> yeah. Yes, of course. That That is not a huge space. That is an intimate theater. I would like to think it's not that obvious from the booth. <laughs> it's, I, mean, it's, I, I mean, I don't know. I never saw Uranus, so I don't know what it how it looked from from the audience or what I I saw it from the side. We enjoyed watching. There's this like I'm like telling Nathan too. There was like this dance that the Aggie boys did, where essentially you guys showed all of you showed your your anuses to the audience. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was um, boy, that's a different world. I know. Tell, tell me about it. I broke my toes during that show. Yeah. Yeah, be- well, because that Aggie Boy choreography was no joke. You guys had to like strip tease during that number and then do push-ups at the end of it. And I remember coming off stage for the you know Busta Amarillo thing, and I was like, "Brie, something's wrong," because Brie was my dance partner, uh, Brianne Camp, and I was like, "Something's wrong. Something's really wrong with my foot. I think something's wrong." And she was like, "Okay, let's get the boot off." And I, I was like, "I don't think we should." I don't think I should take the boot off. I think the boot is holding everything together. So, but I was just in so much pain. I knew the second we get off, this is your interview, not about my feet. (laughs) No, but still it's a good, no, it's a good story. I I completely forgot this even happened. 
Yeah. Oh, God. Well, I'm reminded because my toes are janky to this day. Right. Um, that was, was going to be my next question. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. I actually fell and sprained my ankle because those were messy times for me. I slipped on some spilled alcohol while I was wearing wedges right before <laughs> tech week for a whorehouse. I should not have been at a party, <laughs> a college party, no less. Slipped on some alcohol and sprained my right ankle. And to this day, it still gives me problems. It pains me some. <laughs> it just reminds me that I've been aging rapidly since I graduated. Okay, so <clears throat> we are, I guess, now, then, I guess we had an intro. You sang at uh, our wedding in the lobby. Mm -hmm. And, uh, God, that was shimmy like shimmy like my sister Kate. Right, yeah. I actually still know that little ukulele riff because it was like one of the more complicated ukulele riffs I had to learn. Yes, indeed. Yeah. We still have footage of that somewhere. Um, uh, but then you, I guess you guys, you started doing, you did our Dreamland Cabaret. You did some of your own cabarets at the, the Creative Cauldron. And, yeah. and we just had this thought we were, when we were working on, on air, I, I, your name just kind of popped up in our heads. And we just thought, oh, let's go on the YouTube and see see how she's been doing. And it was this wonderful video of you singing, was it a Fanny Bryce? It was a funny girl song. Oh yeah, Cornette Man. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, <laughs> well, there it is. There you go. Um, <laughs> that was my audition, I didn't even know. Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh my God, it's a great performance. And it just all fell into place from there. And you were our Flora Conrad and won a Helen Hayes Award for it for Best uh, Leading Actress. Thanks to you guys it, for it, like writing it so perfectly to a T just for me. I didn't know that you heard the Cornette Man song, but that explains so much for the way like some of the music ended up and the way that it was written. It definitely gave us a baseline of what like, okay, this is, this is uh, the instrument we're working with, you know? Right. Yeah, and then we like <laughs> then we like shared the video with Warren to be like, Warren, look, we found, we found her. Oh my gosh, I'm blushing. I didn't know all this went into it. So Warren heard it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We all were like, look, we've got Annie. <laughs> <laughs> we've got Annie. Um, no, because I remember Stephen called me at what? Or you Facebook messaged me at one in the morning and asked me if I wanted to be in your new musical. Well, it, now that is the best way to be offered a job. Well, it was one in the morning, your time. I think we were texting from Australia. Yeah, that must have oh. been it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, before I'm going to get to Nathan real quick, but uh, Nora, have you received your physical statue of the Helen Hayes Award? You know, I think I got, I think I get it in early June. They sent an email about two weeks ago, just confirming, confirming our address. So before I know it, I'm going to have a trophy up on my shelf. Did you ever get a, um, a little, uh, uh, a little placard poster thing? I didn't. <laughs> I didn't get that. Um, I wonder, I, I might have gotten one for the nomination, but oh, like, I don't know where that is. Yeah. Well, um, the only reason I'm bringing this up is so the world would know that I also won the Helen Hayes Award uh, with you. Yes, that's right. How, however, I have not been contacted. Interesting. And have they sent you a piece of paper? 
they sent me a thank you for being nominated paper, but I just want the Helen Hayes people to know <laughs> that they will not show that me and Stephen write. If <laughs> I <laughs> The show no, will kidding. not be Helen Hayes recommended. Shots fired. I'm kidding. Uh-huh. Okay. Hey, hey, Nathan, let's talk to Nathan for a second. Hey, guys. So, Nathan, let's uh, let's go on your like creative journey. How old were you when you got the creative bug? Uh, tell us what you do with your um, instruments. Uh, what do you consider yourself? We're gonna we're gonna lead lead all of this up into a, a preview of your latest hit. But when did you, the creative journey start for you? Yeah, I started, the creative journey started around eight years old um, when I uh, when I started, you know, really becoming interested in drums. Um, and that was when some musicians came to, to my school at the time and, and did a, um, a, like a lunchtime cafeteria concert, basically. <laughs> Playing on the milk, the milk cartons. What kind of a, <laughs> what kind of a gig was that for them? It was, it was really like pretty funny looking back on it because there was all there was a yo-yo guy. There was a guy that like was really awesome at yo-yos and did a bunch of tricks, like multiple yo-yos. Can you and imagine then, if you were like playing the school lunch cafeteria circuit? Like, <laughs> totally. Well, yeah, and that's a real gig. I'm sure it's. Can we you know, get that gig? Is it with the yo-yos? Were they like trying to showcase, oh, here, here's different talents you can have, kids? I think so. I think that was the thing. And so like I could have been a yo-yoist, but yeah. I but there was also a drummer, and that's what really got me. Um, that's what really inspired me. So you were you were in school where? I was in school in California, um, at, at Jewish school. Wait, and, you're from California? Yep. Oh, wow. What's the saying? Leave California before you get too soft and leave New York before you get too hard. <laughs> too late. <laughs> no, I'm somewhere right in the middle. Yeah. No, I don't know. So, so you, didn't <laughs> go into, you didn't go into yo-yography. You, you fought the beat of your own drum, per se. Yes, yes. yes. Although I did buy a yo-yo. I did also <laughs> get into yo-yo, but not as hard as I got into drums. That is so, so cool. Yeah. Yo, okay. great. So when, when you get into drums, I want you to inspire anybody out there that is eight years old or anyone who wants to know anything about drums. What does a drummer have to know? When I think of drums, of course, I think of my brother that played the the quads in the band that was like, dun, 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 yeah. dun, dun, dun. and then also, of course, there's the, the kit that people think of as a band. But your world is really colorful in a, a huge range of instruments. Yeah, totally. Percussion is the best in that way because, and I think I, I was attracted to it for that reason as well, because there's so many different percussion instruments that you can play and you, you know, you do have to learn how to play each one, especially if you're talking about playing mallet instruments like the marimba versus playing an instrument like the timpani drums and orchestra, you know, versus the drum set, they all have their own things that, are specific to them but they all have rhythm in common and you you hit them all somehow so you can at least to some extent apply that concept to like all the all, all of those instruments and you know and to piano too and so that's why I, I also i started playing piano around that same time too a little bit and took, took some lessons 
So when you listen to uh, Nathan's World, like on the um, the playlist, do you do you have um, people that that are your muses with, that are that are drummers or percussionists that you're like, man, that that is my go to listening thing, or do you listen to other things, or how's that work? I definitely have go-tos. <clears throat> um, the drummer Art Blakey is a go-to that he he was my, one of the first jazz musicians that I was that I was introduced to when I was a lot younger, when I was probably like 10, 11. And a teacher of mine showed me an Art Blakey Jazz Messengers album, and it totally changed my mind or changed my life. And so Art Blakey is somebody that I always go back to kind of for that like inspiration or if I'm ever feeling like I need, you know, um, yeah, just kind of like need a hit of inspiration. He's always somebody, an amazing drummer. Um, and I have a lot of a lot of piano players like Brad Meldow and Keith Jarrett and Ahmad Jamal are three that come to mind immediately that always inspire me. I kind of always want to listen to. Now we, I love that we're we're listening. Hello, New York City. They're holding the podcast. Yeah, Flatbush, Flatbush uh, Avenue down there. It's come on, Flatbush. Yes, she's loud. Um, Nathan, you, did you say you this was at a Jewish school? Yes, I yeah, I went to a Jewish school from preschool, pretty much preschool, and then up until fourth grade through fourth grade. Are you Jewish? Yes. My mom's so, Jewish, and and therefore I am I am Jewish. So is there is there any uh, influence in per percussive Jewish um, music at all? I don't know. You know, I mean, maybe in some yeah. deep way, but not not like I've never you know I, I never have like gone on a an intentional um, journey, like you know, kind of like rabbit hole of of right historical percussion instruments music. from. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but what I have heard, I really love, and I would love to check out more of it for sure. Yeah, I was doing a, a piano lesson the other day, and my student pulled up an, an Ethiopian or Egyptian, I don't remember which one it was, but it began with an E, <laughs> and it was a drum, and uh -huh. the thing and the thing was like, it was like metal. Yeah. It was incredible. It had this very metallic, high sound. It was really cool, but... Um, Maybe a doombeck? I don't remember. I just acted like I knew, <laughs> which of um, course is half the business. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's so mm -hmm. interesting though, Nathan, because you pulled that name out because mm -hmm. there you have to, okay. So I played the piano in my lifetime. I also played the trumpet. Um, I don't, I don't need to, to know 500 different names <laughs> for my instrument. Cause there's one, but you have all these different parts and that, you, as you said, was the appeal. Um, but God, there's just got to be hundreds of things that you have at your disposal to use. And so then I, this is another, maybe I'm jumping the gun, but I feel like we're headed towards wild idol talk. Mm -hmm. um, wild idol. So, so the synth world that we hear in that, the, I got a thing for you. Mm -hmm. That's you as well, because your, your combination of piano and percussion kind of adds and lends itself to that kind of playground for you. Is that right? Yeah, totally. And since I'm not a guitar player, I can't write music on guitar and play songs that way. So I definitely hear things on piano more and keyboard instruments. 
I love, yeah. I love the, because of that, because there's not a rhythmic strumming per se, um, I love the stillness of the song that kind of just swells. Um, and then as the percussion is added, it's just, it starts at a very, I love the intro and then I love the stillness of the chords. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much. It's, it's a tonal lava lamp. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's exactly kind of what we want to go for with it. We, we <laughs> always say that we want it to sound like atmospheric. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think we were also talking about, it was like, maybe it was also just the time of year that it was kind of around the holidays. You're really depressed. That, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm wanting to like evoke the like warmth of the yeah. holiday time. I don't know. I remember thinking Yeah, about right. That. Well, we wrote it on Thanksgiving. And we kind of talked about that too, like just wanting to feel warm yeah and wanting people to feel warm when they heard it right so. yeah to put on their headphones and That's just awesome. like cozy yeah. up like they're almost like in a planetarium or like they're in a fish tank or something is, is it a, is it illegal Stephen? right now do you want to ask this before i go well you're asking aren't you yeah go ahead. <laughs> no you just started go ahead oh it, it is it illegal for us just to go ahead and do a little sample of i got a thing for you no, no. it's not illegal okay let's... yeah you can ask <laughs> we, we give you permission for that Okay, first of all, we are obsessed with the photography. (gasps) Thank you. Shout out to our friend Luke. It's so cutie patootie. Thank you. I love the leg akimbo. I love the, yeah, is that the legography? Yeah, just one leg akimbo each. Yeah, thank you. That was was a move. We were like trying to loosen up because we were, you know, scared stiff (laughs) to be in front of a camera. And so we were just like moving our leg back and forth. And that's the shot, babe. And then we also, I don't know if the, this one made it in, but there was one where I was holding her leg too. We were like trying, we were trying. Oh, I kicked my we leg up a bit. Funny leg Legography. Things. Legography. Oh, that's funny. So some of that yo-yoing maybe rubbed off, you know? A little bit. Um, so here's, here's a little snippet of I Got a Thing For You by Wild Idol. Yes. Brought to you by DJ MacBook. <laughs> Okay. 
Byron liked hey. it. Oh, hey. We're back. Byron liked it. I could tell. Thanks, I, Bye. I didn't know if we were, like, muted. I didn't know if you guys were muted, and then we heard the pup. I'm like, oh. Uh, so where can we? Where can everyone buy this? You can buy it on iTunes. You can listen to it on Spotify or Spotify. Um, you can listen to it on the YouTube. Um, you know, there, there's. We're about to start releasing some more content as well, having to do with the song. Um, Is it easiest to find you under Wild Idol? I would say yeah, yeah, Wild Idol. On Spotify, like I, I'm gonna really push Spotify because that seems to be the app that does dictate the success of the song and whether or not uh, we can book some gigs when we're ready for that. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. Are cool too. yeah, YouTube views are cool, but it's like Spotify. That's like the thing that people look at, unfortunately. Gosh, you, you, you um, now we still have you on a list to maybe be coming to Falls Church. Um, for a cabaret, those have not been announced yet nor solidified. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, wow, let's do the let's do all of your cabaret and with an outdoor green screen, and then we'll film it, and then we'll do some crazy cool stuff behind it. Yes, <laughs> oh, that's such a good idea, and that's such great content. We won't need to like worry about filming anything for like a year. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Stephen, do you have music questions? I do. So. We could talk about this song all night. It's beautiful. We oh, love it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, it means so much. The chord progressions. Don't give it away. No, I'm just saying they, they strike me, both of us, as almost like very 60s oriented. Um, 60s R&B, 60s blues, jazz. There's something about, especially when you go down to the, da, 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 the, the minor <laughs> It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's such a yearning. Mm -hmm. It captures, yeah. it captures exactly like when you have a crush on somebody, of course, that's the name of the song, but yeah. it, the stillness of it and the ache of it, yet there's still a hopeful buoyancy to it. And that's what I love about it. Never sing a ballad without hope. That's right. Thank you, JPT. Thank you, that's Jane quote. Um, who is doing all the backups? That me. Yeah, it's all Nora. And uh, how is that layered into your um, computer? What are you using? Uh, we're using Ableton to record yeah. and produce. Is is that your genius, Nathan, of trying to figure out how to how to make all that sound like one package? Yep, that's it's, all him. And this was all done in your apartment. Yep. That's so funny um, because, gosh, Fiona Apple did that, but you can hear her dogs barking. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We're lucky that we have access to a whisper room. Um, a, yeah, a big old sound booth because we live in a very loud apartment. I mean, it's a 17 floor building. There's a, you hear your neighbors all around you throughout the day. We live on a really busy street where people are, you know, constantly revving their engines, driving down the street. You hear trucks. Uh, we're right next to an overground subway. So it's just so loud once we were, you know, and Nathan's a drummer, I'm singing, I'm doing voiceover stuff at home. Um, and uh, so, you know, during the pandemic, decided to make a, a bit of an investment and get this large sound booth uh, that we'll have hopefully for the rest of our lives. But it's been a total game changer. Like we wouldn't be making music if we didn't have it. So Nathan, when you, when you select a sound on the computer, to use as a part of the orchestrations. Is that called a patch? What's that called when you when you get like 
I'm going to make this sound like this. Um, on the, they're basically just um, MIDI, yeah, MIDI, MIDI patches, I guess. Mid just MIDI sounds. So can you just give us like maybe uh, your um, description of some of the sounds that you actually used to, to create that song? Sure. Well, there, there was, uh, I used a piano, you know, like a piano synthesizer that um, actually comes with Ableton. That's just really good and, and kind of modified that just used, played into that and then, and then kind of shaped it with the tools built into Ableton to just, you know, with, uh, with, with EQing and, you know, that kind of thing to just like make it fit a certain kind of texture, you know, that I, that I was looking for. Right. And then, and then a, a lot of things were just kind of like, Oh, like, it'd be cool to have like a sound, like a repeating sound that is like kind of piercing. So I was looking for something and then like, I found that sound that kind of hear throughout the whole thing. That's like really heartbeat. That like ding thing. Mm -hmm. That's like kind of like mm -hmm. intense. And I remember at first being like, Whoa, that's like, maybe that's too intense, but Nora liked it and like, yeah, actually it's, it's cool. Like, it, it's like a sonar ping on the yeah. yeah. Somebody suggested to us, our friend Sonny, who's been um, really great guiding uh, Nathan and me through this whole thing. He's a genius and has been doing this for a long time, producing music. But he mentioned that it can be, it, it's really important sometimes to have a, um, like a through line, like a, a melodic through line that goes throughout the whole song, especially mm -hmm. in a song like this that kind of has stages. You know, we have our slow intro and we do have like the stillness and then, you know, the percussion that comes in. There's a lot of like different moving parts. So he suggested having like this one moment of consistency to kind of like bring it all together. Yeah. So then I was kind of like looking for what that, what that is, and you know, trying to find things that that, yeah, kind of carry carry the song through. It definitely works. It's yeah. definitely, um, I love it. We both love it. Um, Thank you. And and so I'm going to ask you this because people ask us this all the time, and everybody's different, and everybody. So this is the like part where it's like, what is your process? How do you guys write together? But how seriously because. Nora, you've written a lot on the ukulele. Uh -huh. um, Nathan, you've written on the piano and percussion. Like, how does that, when you're crafting, like, let's just take this song that we just heard. How did that come together? Sure. Do you want to take it? Yeah. Go ahead. So we wrote this song together on Thanksgiving. I feel like it was just something that, you know, I, and I'm sure you guys are the same way, especially just like as musicians and composers, but constantly coming up with jingles all the time. It's a very music theater thing. I, I do it all the time. I feel like I've rubbed off a lot on Nathan coming up with these like little jingles that end up being great hooks down the line sometimes. You know, you know, you like want to pull out your phone and record it. Those kinds of moments. And we, it was like Thanksgiving. There wasn't a lot going on. We were at my parents' house, COVID, you know, so it was very chill. And, um, and I, I can't remember who thought of the initial like melody that just the, I got a thing for you. Just that part was the first part that we came up with. And like, we kind of just like kept riffing on it, having talked about how we wanted to write music together too. And Nathan's great I mean, at- I was like, I think I was at the piano when yeah. I was like playing like some of the progression. Right, Nathan's great at coming like up playing, with the arrangements like on the playing, spot. Yeah, I was like playing the progression for the, 
chorus. I guess yeah. we were like, oh, I got a thing for you. Cool. Right, right. We came up with the, yeah, I guess, yeah, you were playing the progressions first. That's what it was. You were playing the progressions, just like kind of having fun on the piano. And then somehow uh, we came up with this hook. Yeah. We were like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. And we had been talking about how bad we wanted to write together. And Nathan was the one who really was like, let's see this through. Yeah. Usually like we, I mean, we jam, we jam all the time and come up with random things all the time just for fun. But like, usually we're not like, that's a thing that we're going to make into a thing. But like this time we were like, let's just do it. Right. Because we also, yeah, like Nora said, we just had been, we had had the intention of work of writing stuff together. So I guess that was in the back of our minds. And we're like, oh, Right. Okay, this is a kernel. Like, let's go with this. Right. And we got home from Thanksgiving back to Brooklyn and Nathan's like, I'm going to write a bridge. And he wrote a bridge and I figured out the melody for the bridge. Mm -hmm. And um, and Nathan pretty much made the track um, after he wrote the bridge. Like started. Like you made, you like started a, it like a, like a, a skeleton. skeleton. Yeah, exactly. Like just like a basic kind of demo track. And, um, and you know, we had a lot of moments and I'm, I, again, you guys can probably relate to this working together and collaborating together as a couple. Um, but you know, I, I started writing something and it was like a little bit too wordy and Nathan's like, here, try, uh, try writing it with this melody. So like at first, you know, my first phrase, I had it like all jammed packed with like a 10 word sentence instead of it just being, I'm so obvious, you know, Nathan was the one that was like, how about like with each phrase, we just make it like three words. It doesn't need to be a lot. Like think like Phoebe Bridgers, like simple, 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 which is not something that's comes easy to me especially with the musical theater background, everything is so wordy and like driven by like the story and like trying to drive it forward. So that, um, so Nathan ended up writing, uh, like kind of like simplifying the melody a little bit. And then I wrote the lyrics after, after we made, um, like that skeleton demo. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah. And then like, and then I felt like Nora was just like kind of my muse a little bit as far as like, wow, I can, like she has such an amazing voice and we can kind of do anything we want with it. And so like coming up with the backgrounds were really fun mm -hmm. because we could just be in the studio and be like, oh, like, what are you hearing? Like, let's try this thing. And then be like, all right, let's harmonize that like five times. Right, right. And Nathan was like, I think I'm hearing like something like, ah, like things like, I, 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 yeah. yeah, like kind of have like an idea, but then Nora can like really like, I mean, follow through with it and sing it beautifully. And then, um, yeah, kind of, yeah. kind of goes like that. <laughs> right. Right. Back and forth. Lyrically. I love the simplicity of it. And I'm, when I hear something like that, Nora, like you've sung my stuff, you know, it's wordy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, my stuff and, is too. Oh my God. My ukulele music. So wordy. I love that too though. Yeah. Well, it, it's, it, it, content dictates form right sure. so mm -hmm. it's it's what this song the message of the song and the way it was it the, the sound bed of it and everything the simplicity of it i i get jealous when i hear things that are so like effective thank and, you <laughs> thank you for being jealous yeah. of me yeah. and i yes me too. absolutely yeah, I all the too. time yeah, yeah. Me too. yeah i get I jealous like, of every time i hear it i'm like oh man yeah so why didn't i think of that it's important <laughs> yeah it's important to get jealous to be honest well, when I heard this this particular song, there's only one other band that has put me in that uh, emotional world very similar to this song. And that is a UK group called St. Etienne. Oh. And I was obsessed with St. Etienne for years and still am. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's French for Stephen. Yeah, it is. Oh. Um, 
But uh, long story short, I was best friends with the best friend of the lead singer of the group. And um, anyways, I got their albums and was just obsessed with this sort of like free, this very free flowing music that had uh, a very simple yet complex journey that was great travel music great listening music in the shower That's like 65 i was just yeah so yeah we're very excited to see we're excited to see what's going to be next oh thank you we're excited for the next one too i'll be honest so can i ask how wild idol the name came to be sure maybe you want to take that sure um so it came from the uh the town that i grew up in from uh, after i lived in laguna beach we moved to a town called called idlewild in California and that's where I, I like went to high school there and had um it's where I like a lot of my musical journey kind of began and took off from so it was just like really you know it remains a really important place to me and and when we were trying to think of names we thought of a bunch of other names that so many stupid names yeah. it was so hard to come up with a good band name we we're like let's just call ourselves Nate and Nora like screw it can yeah. I hear some of the stupider ones if you can remember um, oh man, we had them written on uh, our whiteboard for so one, long. One of them was uh, Laguna Grizzly was one. Yeah, Laguna Grizzly. <laughs> um, the uh, what else was one that was like? Oh, I wish we still had. Oh man, I know we had them written on our whiteboard forever. I'm thinking uh, like N squared. <laughs> N squared. Yeah, yeah. We were thinking like, how do we like uh, Northen was one that we were thinking oh, that's yeah. just like our name that like, you know, our friends call us or that we like to think that our friends call us when they want to hang out with us. Like, oh, let's call Northen. See, if, I, if, I was your, if I was your publicist, I would probably say um, these are the two lost children of Billy Idol. Yeah, and they yeah. call themselves Wild Idol. I like that. Yeah, the lost children of Billy Idol. That's perfect. <laughs> Wild Idol was just the one that kind of stuck out and was like, yeah, I like that. Because we didn't want it to just be Nate and Nora. We didn't want it to be just under my name because obviously Nathan was like, you know, doing the brunt of the work. And it's like we his music. We wanted it to be a duo thing. And Project. like, and even though that's like kind of like what Billie Eilish and Phineas do, we'd still like, we wanted to make sure that it involved like both of us. And also so people could think of it as like, you know, hopefully, you know, people do know that we're a couple or people do know that we are a couple and they'll listen to that, our music and be like, oh, this is sweet that, you know, they're making music and they're a couple. But right. we also hope that if we were to get to a point where um, we have more strangers listening to us, that they might be surprised by that. Like, oh, I didn't know that were, they were in a relationship in real life. We kind of like the idea of keeping it separate yeah. a little bit. It's also nice to have a separate thing, a separate band name versus, versus Nora Palka because, you know. Because my music's different. Yeah, it's different. And, yeah. It's, and it's just kind of cool. And also it gives us a chance to maybe have an alter ego or think of like how we want, would want to present ourselves and how, you know, we can... Yeah, yeah. think of like exaggerated versions of ourselves or something. Yeah, we kind of want to lean into that um, so, and like have some fun with like the looks and do the kind of St. Vincent thing with the wigs and stuff like that. So that way, like Nora Palka could open for Wild Idol. Totally. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and people are like, is that, wasn't that, I'm not sure. Oh my God, that's an amazing gimmick. I have no idea. <laughs> and, oh my and gosh, could, it really is. Open, and I could open on solo 
or I could like DJ. Or yeah, yeah. Or but also Nathan is part of my Nora Palka uh, band as well. Like I can't. So then I, you could get double payment if you just disguise yourself and pretend you're a different band. Yeah, and that won't be difficult. Paid by no, me. they do it in movies all the time in the eighties. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, that would be hysterical. <laughs> we, no. we, could pay, we could pay ourselves as one band to the other band. Absolutely. Oh yeah. my god, and you could create separate profiles and follow each other. Yeah, yeah, it would yeah. Make us look like we have so many followers. Exactly. <laughs> Wait, this That's is going to be a really good film. <laughs> That's yeah. a lot of Instagrams to manage. <laughs> directed by Melinda July. <laughs> I don't, for some reason. Written and directed by Connor and Smith. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. We're directing the video. Come on. Yeah. Brought yeah. to you by Idea Factory. Yes. <laughs> the next video you guys are. Yeah. Yeah. Film. We're actually filming our first music video on Tuesday. Oh, really? That's exciting. Yeah. Tell us a little about that. Oh, man. I'm, I'm not anxious, you are. Um, so, it, it, you know, this is uncharted territory for both of us. I, it's funny, I moved to New York and I was told right away, you know, like, don't expect the jobs to come to you. You kind of got to make your own stuff and put it out there. And it's taken me almost five years to get it together and finally do something like this. And I really wanted to use this project, like Wild Idol specifically, as a chance to like kind of play the game a little bit. Um, and, uh, and see, the, yeah, just do things. all the things. There are so many amazing indie musicians in Brooklyn who are like definitely lead the way as far as like inspiration mm -hmm. to us. And, um, and yeah, so we hired some videographers. We think we have a cool concept for it. Kind of a little bit of a, like living in a fantasy world and reality, or like, you know, living between fantasy and reality. And at the end we join fantasy and reality together. So you don't really know which one's which. Um, I have a great idea. What do you think? There's I'll people. There's people made out of uh, drawn pencil, and then the real person crosses into the pencil drawing world. That's that's take on me. Uh huh. it would be awesome to do like a, a video with animation. Yeah. Speaking of Fiona Apple. Yeah. Her Shamika music video is super cool, and at first looked like it started off like super budget. But mm -hmm. then they got like they had a lot of fun with whoever did the the animation for it. it was kind of like the star of the video. It's pretty cool. So creative. Yeah, it's so it's such a good idea. I love the idea of like use this video. We're like incorporating ourselves a lot. <laughs> it's just us. Um, starring us. Starring us. Um, but in the future, it would be cool to incorporate other people, like dancers and and or or maybe hire a graphic designer or a um, oh an animator to like mm -hmm. to animate something for us. That'd be so cool. Yeah. Dua Lipa did uh, Hallucinate is all uh, animated. And it's- oh, we should watch that. It's pretty cool. You should do a music video that's like, starts out like it's a, a boring PowerPoint and then it kind of breaks out of the PowerPoint. Almost like, <laughs> I, I've looked at so many stupid PowerPoints that I my mind wanders while I'm watching a presentation. I'm like, I wish this PowerPoint could just explode and something come out of it. And then, you know, my mind comes back and it's like, no, it's just a stupid PowerPoint again. I like that. It'd be yeah. for me if like, I just imagined it as like, we are just behind the projector and we literally just bust through it. Right. Yeah. But it's like not even, like, I, I know you, you were thinking of something like, more yeah. hi-fi. 
But you're thinking like <laughs> Kool Aid Man. Like you think it's gonna be really hi fi, but then we're just like, oh, we just like bust through a projector. Yeah, and that sounds expensive, also though. Right, that does. Yeah, I like mean, <laughs> because we just spent five thousand dollars on a projector. Yeah, right. Well, I'm thinking just the not the projector itself, just the but screen. The, the screen. Yeah, but that's expensive was, too, right? I, I was seeing like Skittles like shooting out and like you know taste the rainbow. Yeah. 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 Interact or not interactive, but almost like I uh, just like transports you to a new world, like I mean, that kind of fantasy. 3D would be like if we could do something with like Oculus, yeah. Then, oh, yeah, then we would have a lot of them. Do some like uh virtual reality, yeah, music video. I mean, yeah, that, but that's yeah, we'll get that one, <laughs> we'll get that when we sign with um, uh, Sony. Uh, Sony, yeah. It's fun to fantasize about like the top end of what, like, the what would be like. The most ridiculous expensive thing that, that you could possibly do uh-huh just for fun but. right that's that's not called fantasizing that's called visualization nathan you're right you're right you've got to see it to be it you've got to project it out there and say this will happen it's so true that's the only way anything ever gets done mm-hmm. it's true and we have a lot i mean yeah you just you're right yeah yeah so uh skittles it is um, yeah, so we'll be incorporating a lot of Skittles in yep. our movie video. Absolutely. Um, so so the, the video shoot is Tuesday, you said? Yeah, the video shoot is Tuesday. We rented a cool kind of loft space in um, Long Island City to shoot at it. Uh, that has some other amenities or, they, you know, we can make, we can like get a bunch of different shots, kind of like B-roll footage around the, um, the space. And it has like an outdoor space and stuff like that. And then we're going to go to Gantry Park, which is in Queens, also in Long Island City. Um, it has a gorgeous view of the skyline. There's like a big, like famous Pepsi Cola sign right there. And we're going to have a, we're going to be a, doing a little bit of dancing. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. Shh. <laughs> don't, tell, don't tell anybody. Um, <laughs> we may or may not, uh, we may or may not uh, have been practicing it right before this this podcast interview oh nice that, that's what made you so hungry yeah i was starving and that's why i was a little bit hangry to be honest when the when the call first started i, I was felt like the vibe i, I was malnourished vibe. Yeah, yeah now i'm great <laughs> um when you when you walk into the room on tuesday are we talking like Two cameras, one camera, lights, uh, what, what, what's there? We have lights. I mean, we hired a, a team of videographers. Um, we There's going to be about four of them there. Uh, I think two videographers and then like just two PAs. Um, we D hired... DP? 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 Is that what it's called? PAs? I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the lingo. Okay, well, there's a DP and a PA. <laughs> okay. Um, and uh, and then we hired Rachel Dolan to, to help us as well. Choreographer extraordinaire, Rachel Dolan, um, who was in DC and then moved to New York like a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. um, so we have her in our corner, which is great. And then I have my friend Michael coming in from Kingston, New York, who just has experienced um, a little bit of experience helping out on set for music videos and stuff like this, but also just there to like make sure we look good. He's a dancer as well. And so, you know, Nathan and I are not, so we're there. It's great that we have Rachel and Michael there just to like make sure that we look good. And like, you know, Michael's just going to be doing all the things that like I, I didn't want to pay for people to do. Like I'm going to do my own makeup, but like I'm going to make sure like Michael is right there with like a, a blending brush ready um and like is making sure that i look good 
So yeah, we have like a whole honest, team. Good honest feedback, but he's also very nice. Yeah, right. And he's like he's very creative as well. And and he's also a great photographer. So we're hoping that he can take some snapshots of us so we can use for content. Because I don't know if you noticed with wild, our Wild Idol Instagram is we had a lot of content leading up to the release and then it stopped. Um, so we got to get some more content out there. Yeah, it's it's really truly amazing to watch. Like, okay, so on TikTok, for example, um, Lil Nas X. So yeah. you, you know, not not a big deal at all. Uh, call me by your name. Um, uh -huh. <laughs> number one in the universe. I know um, it's such an amazing video. Oh my god! Yeah. But, so that drops, and you know, back in the day, and I'm ancient. Um, you drop a single, the video's out. That's all you got to do. You know, make maybe a few radio appearances, whatever. But his TikTok, he must do like 55 TikToks a day no. with the song in it. It's yeah, like a full -time job. I haven't quite jumped on that that train yet. I and now I feel like I'm getting ancient as well. That I'm I'm getting older, and this is like a sign that I'm aging. That I don't want to like instantly jump on the next trend. Like it was so, it, it, I remember it took a little bit of time for me to get into Snapchat, but then I eventually got there and I'm waiting for that to happen with me in TikTok. But I'm just like, I, I just think it's, I'm too old. Oh no, we both have TikToks. It, yeah. uh, Snapchat didn't last for me. It was too dumb. I couldn't get it. But TikTok is like, you're producing, you have a minute or 30 seconds, whatever, to do like a, a it's 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 like you're creating your own minute long video. You yeah. can do effects and it's amazing. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And it's a great um, outlet for kids. Like I, I wish I had something like that when I was younger. I probably would have spent like less time, you know, on AIM trying to message boys. <laughs> AIM. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Well, I have to tell you, um, because I'm looking at the time and we should probably start to wrap up. Um is that was that? AOL Instant Messenger. Yeah, yeah. that's what they, that's what that is. Aim. Oh my god. Do you remember when you'd go to the grocery store and you could get a free little CD of like a free hour or two hours yes. of AIM? Of AOL, right? And and AIM, yeah. We used to take that and use it. Oh my god. Over yeah. and over again. Uh. <laughs> Were you guys together when AIM or when AOL first dropped? Yes, we've been together since Christ came to Chicago. <laughs> Christ came to Chicago. That is wild. Um, that is wild. Your your marriage has lasted longer than AOL. Yes, it's got to feel good. It does feel good. Yeah, yeah. it feels great. Yeah. Um, you're, I, I have to tell you, you're going to be, we're going to do this podcast is going to go up, uh, I think, not this coming weekend, but the weekend after. Yes. Um, we're going to do a, a Polka Party weekend. Oh, um, I can't wait. I cannot wait parents podcasts are like oh uh, well we talked to joe uh already we had I'm such a great so time we had such a great time really oh learned so much i had no idea about including that he wrote uh helen hayes nominated uh, original musical yeah 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 i i, mean, I heard about that myself um what is it executive something something yeah <laughs> I have it written down on my notes, but they're not in front of me. Executive action? Something like that, or executive leverage or something. That's it. That's it. That's yeah. It. One yeah. Kind of oh, no. He wrote all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He's a smart guy. Um, but he, of course, put a plug in for Wild Idol and their single. So He's our biggest fan. He was very sweet. Yeah. Um, 
I made the mistake of sending him the like uh, the Google Drive file of the song right after we got it mastered. And I mean, he listened to it non, he probably listened to it like 200 times before it was even released. It's too bad wow. you've gotten those. Those could have been 200 Spotify listens. Yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm like, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> no, he's, it's, it's great to have that support. Yeah. I can't yeah. wait to hear those, those interviews as well. Right. Oh, oh, you know, like, Nora, you, you know, I'm looking forward to the Sioux talk for weather. Well, I can't wait to hear what you guys talk about. Oh, so much. I'm, I'm already like thinking about, there's been all this weather stuff happening yeah. in, in the world. So there's a lot of things I just want to ask her that I don't know. Right. Um, Steven is like a self-taught meteorologist. Really? Yeah. Amazing. Like you could have easily been on Fox five. If you were like 10 years older and you entered the scene, like in the nineties, you could have easily gotten a job like my mom did without a degree. Well, I, that's, that's what fascinates me about your mom's story as well. And mm -hmm. so I can't wait to hash that all out yeah. and for Palka pa party weekend. Palka Ooh. party weekend. Um, all right. So we have three questions that we have asked all of our guests and Matthew, do you want to take it away with number one? Number one, I'll go with Nathan first and then we will go to Nora. Maybe they're the same answer, but Nathan, people during the pandemic are, have been like learning all kinds of new things. I took Italian. I learned to bake. Um, tell us what you have learned in the last year or, or it could be even something plural. Um, it might be even maybe just you learning how to, create an album in your house that's yeah mainly I, I learned how to mix some vocals and um yeah record record a song and do all of this and yeah record kind of take take what i knew but expand it to recording an entire song all the parts so that was yeah that's probably the main thing and so what's what's your biggest go-to if you've got questions? Do you just, like, do you, like, Google YouTube clips if you're trying to learn this program or that, whatever? Do you, like, just hunt through the web? YouTube is amazing. And so I use YouTube all the time. It's, it's an amazing resource. As well as friends of mine, our friend Sonny that Nora mentioned, who Nora mentioned, um, is a great engineer and just, uh, you know, great friend. And he's, he's helped us out a lot. And I have a few other friends, my friend Darius, that I've reached out to to ask for advice and, you know, be like, hey, can you take a listen to this and let me know what you think? So that's one, you know, having those those friends and resources is super, super great. Nora, did you as well learn anything um, this past year? I've learned so much. I, I, I've learned how to bake. I learned how to make kombucha. Um, but I think the thing that I'm most proud of is that I have learned how to teach voice as a voice teacher. I've been a student of voice for almost 21 years, and I had always wanted to teach. Um, I, don't, I knew that that was a way that I wanted to make money in the city somehow, some way, but I like never really had the opportunity to. And you know, I was, I, I, and I also just like didn't believe in myself. I didn't believe that I could. I thought that I needed to study pedagogy and all this other stuff. And I. Uh, started taking on students when the pandemic happened and I realized pretty quickly it, it how instinctual it was how natural it came to me and I think that like with every lesson I teach I just get better and better at listening and being able to identify vocal faults in my students it's like something that I did not think would happen 
so fast. And, I, and I've spent a lot of time reading vocal technique books as well. I've read through this one book, like probably, you know, three times, even if it's just like picking it up, it always, always like sitting on my shelf right above my desk. And I just pick it up and we'll read a chapter. And like, you know, I've read the same chapter over and over again. So I skim through it and we'll still learn something new. So that's something that I was not expecting to happen so fast. I thought it was going to be like a temporary solution and that it was going to take a long time before I can get where I am now. But I got here, which is pretty awesome. That is awesome. During the, the pandemic, uh, what was your both go-tos for your series, your Netflix, your movies? We've got to watch see season six of whatever. What, what were you watching? I was like, well, I need to watch Twin Peaks. And we watched like the first three episodes because it's a pretty weird show. We'll get back to it. <laughs> we should get back to it because it's really good. But we watched we watched a lot of Simpsons. Yeah, tons of Simpsons. We watched a lot of Simpsons. We actually watched a lot of SpongeBob because we're both mm. our huge fans um, since childhood. Uh, SpongeBob, very millennial, very millennial show. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't be the same person if SpongeBob wasn't a... a uh, living in a pineapple oh. under the sea. Oh, and Shits. Oh, and Shits Creek, of course. Of yeah, course. but I was watching Shits Creek way before the pandemic. I just watched it on repeat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, right now we're watching Pen15. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which is great. We started watching Ozark, stopped. Um, and yeah, I mean, and just like watching a lot of like old shows, like old Simpsons episodes. And, and it was really funny watching SpongeBob because like we remember like every, we saw probably every episode multiple times as kids and still remember them to this day. Oh, as well as Hey Arnold, another old 90s Nickelodeon show, which was like surprisingly beautiful and smart and really fun to rewatch as an adult. Mm-hmm. My favorite Simpsons episode is when Homer and Marge go to the candy convention. Oh, yeah. And um, he steals the gummy Venus de Milo. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I've, I actually re-watched that episode during the pandemic because I wanted to know if it held up and was still as funny now in my head as when I first saw it. It is. <laughs> I know that we watched that one recent. That's another, Simpsons is another show where I watch it and you realize, oh, I've seen every episode of this show. Just like, I don't know if the last time I saw this episode was when I was like eight or if it was like 10 years ago or if it was over the pandemic. I remember sitting in my grandmother's living room and we all gathered around the TV to watch this new animated TV show. It was the premiere episode of The Simpsons. And I knew what The Simpsons was going to be. And Mm -hmm. I was like, this is a bad idea. This is a really (laughs) bad idea. But I wanted to see it as well. So I was uh-huh. like, oh, I wonder how much like I'll get to watch before they shut it off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we were five minutes in until they were like, turn this rubbish off. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's meanwhile, it's my dad's. It was my dad's favorite show growing up. I probably shouldn't have watched as much as I did, but whatever. Uh, so- what are you going to do if you love the show? Just let your kid watch it. You know, such a failure. That, that crashed miserably, that Simpsons show. It never went anywhere. Yeah, it's really too bad. <laughs> All right. And the, the last question is, and th- we'll take both of your answers separately. Um, so, of course, you know, we're producing Susan Derry's new album. Uh, not me. I'm not producing it. Matthew is uh, producing. I don't know why I included myself. 
Um, it's exhausting. It is exhausting. I can't do that too, in addition to all my other duties. But Matthew is producing Susan Derry's uh, holiday album. It's called I Wish It So. And because of that, I built a wish box. Um, kind of like, you know, when you got Valentine's from people and you decorated a shoe box to yeah. collect them all. Uh-huh. Um, and so I've been asking each of our guests if you had one wish, whether it's for yourself, your family, the country, the world, whatever, uh, top of your head, first thing, if you had one wish, what wish would it be? Nathan, do you want to go first? First thing that comes to my mind is that I wish people would stop uh, believing that the election was stolen. <laughs> yeah. Just like all those people that believe that, just like stop believing that. And and uh, everything that they seem to be believing about all of the stuff that's being made at the BS factory. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. What about you? I mean, I, yeah, when you said the country, my first reaction was, I wish that these people would wake up to their fever dream and realize and, and smell the reality and look at the reality around them and understand that what is happening is not rocket science. It's very transparent what these Republicans are trying to do. And I, I get very riled up, but I want to change my wish because it's upsetting <laughs> and I don't want to give it to them. I would, you know what? I feel like I've gotten to a place where I'm like, finally, for the first time in my life, living very comfortably. And I'm so happy about that. And I wish that everybody could live this comfortably and this happy mm -hmm. and at peace as I feel now. So I guess that's what I wish. Um, those are, uh, I, also wish those are yeah. <laughs> I concur. I wish every, so I guess <laughs> what I'm saying is I wish they'd raise the minimum wage and people could make fair wages. So like, it's like, I, I'm finally making money for the first time in equity. my life teaching voice. Yeah. Equity. And I'm like, how do people live off of like less than this? How did I do this for so long? Mm -hmm. And people who have like, like mouths to feed, like making less. And it's just like, yeah, not fair and upsetting to think that there are children going hungry. And, uh, and if it's like so easy, I, I just like feel so helpless all the time. And I'm like, if only like, you know, and it also fills me with gratitude. I'm like, if only people could live, the way I like I live, if only people could have been brought up the way I was brought up. Uh, Nora, you s seem to be always such a great voice for change and social justice and really um, kind of informing people. If I am a, a white 51-year-old male, which I am, and there are mm -hmm. other white 51-year-old men or women listening to this, where where do I go to tap into some understanding about how to change the way I see the world? You know, this is, uh, hopefully this doesn't sound superficial. This might say a lot about me. Um, I think that Vice on YouTube does a fantastic job getting both sides of the story. Vice. Vice on YouTube, that as well as I get a lot out of um, getting daily news letters from anti-racism daily. That kind of gives you different action steps and stuff like that. I will say that I also have friends that are really on top of it as far as like, oh, sign this petition and share it and do this. Like Caitlin Shea is always really on top of it. 
when it comes to um, like social justice issues and oh, science, like, there there are fishermen in, uh, in Canada who are stealing the indigenous people's fish and like sign this petition to stop that. Things like that. Um, and, and I know that she gets a lot of that from anti-racism daily. And I try and read that every single day, you know, right before I check my emails and stuff like that. Um, so that as well as vice, I, I try and understand both sides as much as I can. And I will say that I used to be fueled with nothing but rage and unproductive anger thinking of the other side and vice news and like Viceland, vicetv.com. It's huge. It's like they have a huge market. Um, but they uh, have really changed my perspective. They, they, um, you know, help me understand that a lot of the anger that is fueled by the other side is kind of like anger that doesn't really, like they can't really argue, with, like uh, they can't really like defend themselves with anything like substantial, but their anger is like valid. They have been cheated by the system and it's not fair what they've been through as well. Right, right. So, and then, yeah, and Vice has helped me understand that they have a lot of like debates between, uh, you know, like they'll take marginalized groups and then take um, Republicans and Democrats, liberals and conservatives from these marginalized groups. So like uh, conservative and liberal Latinos or Latinx and like cons uh, conservative and liberal uh, LGBTQ um, and, you know, all sorts of like, you know, conservative and liberal women. Um, yeah, it's really it's really interesting. I could watch Vice youtube all day wow well thank you for that information because i i uh, i think all of us have some you know friends relatives people that we know that maybe could use some information like that yeah no it's really helpful that and just like constantly trying to um like read and understand listen to audiobooks by black authors um you know even if it's not even if it's just like a for a few minutes a day or, you know, for like 30 minutes a week. It's just a little bit helps. Well, we thank you both for being on our podcast tonight. We love you both. We love you. Yeah, thank you so much. Much love to the kitty cat. We cannot wait to jump in a little mini van and drive to California with two pups yes. and cat. And, yes, and we want to do that. Let's rent a Subaru. <laughs> And we can like make videos across the states. Yeah, I, I just I just pictured a song called "Let's Rent a Subaru." <laughs> yeah, I love it. Okay, we're it's gonna good. write it. We're gonna write it's it. It's got the same. Uh, it's got the same syllables as "I Got a Thing for You." See, I let's, let's rent a Subaru. Let's rent a Subaru. Let's rent a Subaru. Done. Next. Yeah, thing. yeah. That's great. Just use the same melody of the first one. New lyrics, new song. Yes. Done. Okay. And no one will know the difference. Economy of scale. Really like just change like... the orchestration. Oh, Nathan's already written something. Let's run a Subaru and drive across the country and see all the things that we never thought we'd see. <laughs> I don't know. Stupid. Yes. <laughs> Your yeah. next single. You're welcome. Thank um, you. <laughs> we love you guys so much. Um, we can't wait to direct the Let's Run a Subaru video. Uh huh. And, yep. Yep. And we'll be first on the by, list. Sponsored by Subaru. Yeah. Sponsored, sponsored by, Subaru. by Connor and Smith and Clark Bars. <laughs> and Subaru. And Subaru. And Iron right. the Pug. 
<laughs> we will talk to you guys. Uh, when, I'll, I'll send this out when the uh, the episode goes live. And can't wait for Polka Party Weekend. Hi, can't wait. And I'm nervous. I'm nervous <laughs> to hear how I sound. You sound amazing. Are you kidding? Uh, we'll see. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations, you guys. Congratulations to you guys on the podcast. Thank you so much for having us. Absolutely. Our pleasure. We'll talk to you okay, soon. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 That wraps up episode one of our Polka Party Weekend. Polka Party Weekend. Yes. Polka Party. Polka Party Weekend. Polka Party Weekend. Polka Party Weekend. It's hard. PPW. That's right. Um, so, uh, tomorrow we have a, a Minnesota, I suppose, and then Saturday we're talking to Sue Palka and Sunday to Joe Palka. All things Palka this week. We don't know why, just because. Why not? Um, so look forward to that, and, uh, I don't know what trouble we're going to get into on our Minnesota, but it's going to be something. Now, I'm reminding you, Matt is directing the upcoming production of Always Patsy Klein at Cherry Hill Park in Falls Church, Virginia. Um, you can find details to that. It, it opens May 28th and runs till June 20th. Uh, that is all on creativecauldron.org. Um, so go check that out. Incredible cast. And anything else, Matthew? Nope. I think that's it. It's starting to get warm out. Lots of cicada corpses everywhere. Should we do a special on cicadas? Maybe that's the mini soap. I feel bad for them. I do too. It's kind of a, a slaughter. Yeah. Anyway, as we always say, turn, turn your, your heart, heart into art. art. Good night, everybody.